time nor the space. Uh, my name is David, and as always, I am joined by the inscrutable Matt. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you like that one, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like to be scruted. No, I mean nobody <laughs> does really. Certainly not against their will. No. I mean, if it's consensual scruting, then you know what what you do behind closed doors is not right. So, episode uh, <laughs> episode six. Shall we <laughs> jump forward? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, um, as we've already established, we are both nerds, geeks, yes. if you prefer. Um, and we've known each other a while. In all that time, I don't think I've ever asked you, Matt, are you a subscriber of uh, multiverse theory? Do you believe uh, that there is a parallel universe? I, I like or... it in my sci-fi. Right. I like it yeah. in my sci-fi. If we're talking... If we're talking real life, do you believe like every choice you make is splinters off and there is another universe in which a different choice was made? Not so much. No. Not so much. So you don't believe that there is a universe out there somewhere where this was a good episode? <laughs> um, I, I see where you went there. Yeah. Um, again, if we go back to the last episode where <laughs> I said there's good, there's bad, there's good with bad, mm-hmm. there's bad with good, I'd maybe call this bad with good. There's one yeah. or two bits that I thought were really good. And a lot, I just thought... Mm. I think, that's the thing, because I do believe that there is a universe where this was a good episode. Because um, there is so much potential for there's, it to be there's a good There's a episode. lot here. And yeah. I've seen it... I've seen similar concepts tackled better and worse mm. in other TV and movies. Definitely. I mean, we've got two big things at play here in this episode. Um, um, just to be clear, we're talking about uh, The Long Game. Yep. Episode... Episode seven. six. Seven. Is it, I believe. Ah, it's yeah. our episode six. It's our episode six, because um, we did a two-parter in one. That's right. Um, but yeah, so, but it's episode seven for uh, the show itself. Um, From the 7th of May, 2005. Yeah. Written by our good friend Russell T. Davis. He's really hogging the episode at this point. Yeah. Um, and as ever, yeah, there's... There's certainly potential for good... There's some good ideas there in is. there. There is. Um, there's two big things at play in this episode. There's... Thematically, you've got the whole satire of modern media, of news broadcasting, yep. Yep. and, you know, manipulating the sheeple. I think probably more recently than others, I linked it to fake news. You know, yeah. Telling I mean, the people... This absolutely predates that. But, but this was at the point at which British people were starting to become aware of just how insidious things like Fox News were. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, because we are talking uh, around the time of the Iraq invasion and, you know, cynicism surrounding George W. Bush and Tony Blair and and media coverage of those kinds of things. So, yeah, that was kind of the atmosphere. And, and Russell T. Davis is a writer. He's not always a subtle writer, but he doesn't like writing about nothing. He's no. always got something he wants to there's say. Always, there's always a good idea sort of yeah. buried away there. Yeah. So that's kind of like the big societal thematic thing. And there's also something, a more nuts and bolts for the purposes of this series and this particular story thing going on, uh, which essentially what we are watching here is a failed audition. Yeah. We are watching Adam, a character that we've already established, we're not, we're not best keen on, uh, basically completely fuck up his opportunity to become a full-time companion of the Doctor and well, go travelling. So I addressed this last episode in my notes that I, I think the term I used was 
Adam is a complete fuckhead. Yeah. I think I've written that eight to ten times this episode. <laughs> yeah. What an utter fuckhead. Yeah. I mean, I've never... Shall I tell you? I've never managed to firmly establish in my head whether it's genius casting that they've got such an unlikable dickbag yeah. to play is, is this character. Joffrey Baratheon. The guy, he... the guy that plays Joffrey uh... in Game of Thrones. He, from what I understand... Yeah. Whenever I, I think he's called Jack Gleason. Yes. Yeah. When, whenever I've, you know, seen him outside of Game of Thrones, thoroughly likable, mm. in character, yeah. detestable. Now, yeah. is that the same for Bruno Lanley? I mean, I think we already we already alluded to it in the last episode. You know, he pleaded guilty of sexual uh, misconduct, yeah. so um, doesn't yeah. get much more dislikable. No, not a nice man, um, and. Yeah, it's 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 a weird one because I just I I think in order for this for Adam as a character to really work the way he's intended to work, there has to be some element of charm there. We have to understand why Rose was at least initially taken by him and you know wanted to flirt with him and take him along for the ride. And but I get no sense of that. Her attraction to him also seems quite out of character for Rose. You know, she she's. She takes people as they are. Yeah. But she seems somewhat enamoured by him, despite the fact he has no redeeming qualities. Yeah, it's it's it seems like it it it, it makes you like Rose less as a character. Yes. To yeah. think that Absolutely. she would find anything remotely charming about this man. Definitely. So. So can yeah. I just go from a dislikable chap to a very likable chap? Yeah. Okay. We talked about him briefly at the end of. Last episode, Simon Pegg. Yeah. Is he the only actor that can claim to have been in Star Trek, Star Wars, and Doctor Who? Because wow. those are three big sci fi yeah. yeah, cultural touchstones yeah. to have. I <gasps> I can't I even think of many that are Star Wars, Star Trek, but you no. throw Doctor Who in there. He's got the big three. Yeah, I think he might be, you know. I'm trying to, I'm racking my brains trying to think if there's anyone in the classic series that I don't know what enough. I know that there was um, there was a stuntman in back in the Hartnell years who went on to work on the classic Star Wars okay. uh, movies. Um, and, it, you know, so technically whilst he wasn't, I don't think, you know, I think he's Boba Fett. I think the guy who is in the Boba Fett costume okay. is um was started out as a stuntman on, on Doctor Who and other BBC shows. Um but I and I'm really sorry if I've got that wrong and it's a different character. But yeah, he certainly that there were, I'm aware of that being a thing. Um but I, then I, I did Star brief, Trek as well. Yeah, I did a brief Google search and yeah. it wasn't even yielding results on Google. Yeah. So yeah. Simon Pegg's done well there. He has, yeah. All yeah. credit to the to the fella. He was also in The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, playing Reaper mm-hmm. Deep. Do not um, entertain the notion that there are any other versions than the classic 1990s BBC adaptation. Is that the animated one? It's partly animated. It's oh. sort of Mary Poppins style. There's a bit of animation. No, and... there's, there's a great old-fashioned animated version. Oh, is there? And I quite like that. the new ones. I, in my childhood, mm. I, I'm quite a fan of Narnia. Yeah. As a setting. I mean, I was because I was a... I was a 
nerdy kid and also my parents were Christians. So here, here, you like the fantasy books. Here, have this fantasy book about a magic Jesus lion. I think, I think it was one of those films back in the early 90s, late 80s that mm -hmm. I'd recorded off the television, set the video to long play. So it had like four films on it. Right. And me and my brothers, we would repeatedly watch Gremlins 2. The end of Ghostbusters, <laughs> the animated Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe, yeah. and I think two episodes of The Simpsons, all on the same tape. That's a pretty solid tape, that right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I, I might have mixed mixed that up. We all we had like ten tapes that all had like yeah. three films on. Yeah. Ah, the glory days of VHS. Yeah, mm. yeah. Right, should we jump in? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, we are in this episode. We're in the year two hundred thousand. We are, um, and we sort of, we you know, classic thing. Tardis sort of just appears. Just appears, and I, I want to make notes. My first note that I got on my list. Um, I, I was watching this episode with subtitles. I don't normally watch with subtitles, but occasionally I'm in a situation where it's useful. Um, and the sound of the Tardis was described on the subtitles as a throbbing hum. I just quite enjoyed that. Just wanted to make a note of it. Throbbing hum. I think, as much as I claim to dislike the theme tune, mm -hmm. I don't actually mind the sound of the TARDIS. I think it's it, a classic, isn't it? It's a good. In the episodes, it signals what's coming. Oh, it's absolutely! A good cue. Yeah, it gets you ready for a bit of Doctor Who, and it's. Um, I mean, it's definitely stood the test of time. They've yep. not changed it in uh, fifty-five years and counting. Um, and, uh, oh yeah, interestingly, uh, obviously the, the, the subtitler, I, I understand why they wouldn't have gone for it, um, but there is an established um, word, a comic book word, to describe the sound of the TARDIS, which oh, you really? as a comic book fan might be interested in. Yeah. What would you go for if you were writing a Doctor Who comic? I'd go for a thrum, maybe? Mm, thrum's not bad. Uh, the official one is a warp. Warp. V W. O R P, warp. Yeah, I, I can. You can I get can behind for that. Warp. Yeah, yeah. So once the TARDIS has appeared in the year two hundred thousand, we find that yeah. we're at the fourth great human empire. Yes, great and bountiful human empire, I believe. And basically, the Doctor tells Rose exactly what to do. Yeah. And what to say to Adam. Yeah. She relays that. Yeah, gets to to act like she's. She's been here, done it before. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because there is sort of a mirroring through this episode that Adam's going through the same experience Rose did early yeah. on. Yes. But his reaction to it is entirely different. Yeah. Because he's a fuckhead. Yes. The entire purpose of Adam in this episode is basically to, to tell us why Rose is so important and why the Doctor... Sticks with her. Yeah, chose her and sticks with her. So we find out that Earth is covered by mega cities. Mm -hmm. Very Judge Dread. Yeah. It has five moons. Some may say that's too many moons. For, for a small planet, yeah. it seems like a lot of moons. Does Tatooine have three? I mean, what's that going to do to the tides? Yeah. Well, I mean, assuming, do I'm we assuming have tides? They, they must have figured that stuff out before they added the extra moons. They must okay. have had some idea of what they were going to do. And the population is 96 billion. Yeah, it's a lot of people. And we find out that mankind 
is sort of the central hub for millions of planets and races. Yeah, this is this is like the um, far into our future, and we are we are thriving as a, a, a spacefaring race. How, one thing it made me think of: yeah. Are you aware with again going back to early nineties children's cartoons, mm-hmm. Galaxy High? Oh, good lord! I'm trying to think. It, it, I ain't got anything to jog my memory. It's essentially two humans. One's stereotypical jock. I think the uh-huh. other is a cheerleader. Get admitted to Galaxy High School, where every other student is an alien. I'm trying to think. I remember reading a series of pretty crap children's books with a very similar premise. Right. It's basically just school, but in space. Yeah. Whether or not that was based Galaxy on... High. It could have been. I, I, I'd i recommend you see, seek out on YouTube just the theme tune for Galaxy High. Oh, it's, one, it's, it's one of those fantastic early 90s, you know, yeah. heavy guitar, it was a, synth yeah. rock intro song. It was a golden age of theme tunes, yeah. the early 90s. Yeah. It really was. Have you got a personal favourite? It's hard to top DuckTales. DuckTales? I'm going Marvel's X-Men. That is a very solid pick as well. I'd even yeah. throw up Marvel Spider-Man. Yeah. And in a very different tone. But I have a soft spot for Family Ness. Oh, yes. I love a bit of a Family two blowing on the backpipes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow, we, we were we way are really, off course now. And this is coming hot off the heels of the VHS nostalgia. <laughs> yeah. We might have to retitle this podcast. Should we, should we quit, Doctor Who? <laughs> should, we just, should we just watch Family Ness? <laughs> oh, uh, great. That's an idea for We could do Penny podcast. Crayon, we can do Charlie Chalk. Yeah. All the classics. Mm. Anyway, we'll have to see which ones are suitable post Operation U Tree. <laughs> None of them. Okay. None of them. So, the Doctor, Adam, and Rose are in some sort of market. Mm-hmm. Everyone's eating Kronk burgers. Would you eat a Kronk burger? Um, I, I don't know. I've probably eaten more questionable mm. burgers. Yeah. You know, the other day when my partner was at work, yeah. I, I ordered a takeaway burger. It probably was Kronk. If I had, <laughs> if I had to describe it, yeah. I'd go Kronk. I mean, my I would potentially eat a Kronk burger, but I would have to first establish whether or not Kronk is suitable for vegetarians. Uh, so you'd have I mean, to, if it is, then... Absolutely. Give me that Kronk burger. What if it was... Would you eat something from the Forest of Cheen? It's vegetarian. <laughs> now we're talking. Uh, I mean, it's a tree that walks around and, it, as we've said, is entirely fuckable. I mean, the but... thing is, the thing is, right, when I first became vegetarian, I was I was a teenager, and it was, it was very much... I was on my moral high horse. I'm not eating anything with a yeah. brain... The, uh, any living creature. Um, now I will happily eat fish several times a week, and it's okay. just I just don't like meat that much. Really, I just can't be asked with meat. I don't want I don't want to have to learn how to cook it at this point. I don't think it tastes like. Give me a choice between a a, chick, a normal chicken McNugget and a corn chicken McNugget. I'll go with the corn every time because I actually prefer the taste because it's what I'm used to. Right. So, so you're conditioned. I'm just as conditioned. A I just yeah. I just can't can't be fucked with meat. <laughs> so Adam eats a Kronk burger. He does. So that immediately makes me think I don't want one. <laughs> <laughs> and it it's got a bit of a holiday feel. Certainly more mm. so than episode two, which I'd say 
is probably the only other episode we've seen where we are in an alien. Although this yes. is yeah. relative to Earth, yeah. in both scenarios, this alien setting, this yeah. one, rather than that feel of discovery yeah. for Rose, it's more like a holiday. It's a bit touristy. Yeah, it's it's easy to forget that the intention with the Doctor travelling most of the time is he's be- essentially is just on a never-ending sightseeing tour. Yeah. It's just he seems to be a bit of a magnet for trouble. Mm. And actually, if I think if he ever did have, uh, you know, go for an, anywhere for an extended period of time and nothing exciting or dangerous happened, I think he would get bored very, very quickly. Mm. But... On paper, he's just you know bouncing around from one place to yeah. the next, just but seeing suppose, what's there. You know, we we discussed it a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. If if you did have the ability to time travel, yeah, you you wouldn't go back to like I don't know, like nineteen eighty seven in Woolwich just to see what was going on. You would no. go to the big events. Yeah, absolutely. You'd you'd want to see the interesting stuff, and and you know, from from the way the Doctor describes the. Um, the bountiful fourth great and bountiful human empire. It sounds like it's worth a peek, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and the Doctor then jokes that Rose and Adam are on a date. Yes. What about Ricky and Mickey? Um, they're not in the picture at this point. It seems like. I mean, I know they've probably been dead nearly one hundred and ninety-nine thousand yeah. years. Yeah. But... So I mean, I don't know whether you can really play that card as a time traveler. I think it's still cheating. <laughs> um, even so, if even if at the, the time period where you you um, where you do the act that if they are still if you still then return to a point in time when they are alive, yeah, I'd I class that as cheating. It's a little bit flight of the navigator as well. If mm. if Rose does go back to that point, which was ten seconds after she left, yeah, that she assured her mum, yeah, Rose could have ten years of adventures yeah. by then, yeah. And return, and nobody's aged. She could possibly be older than a mum. She could, theoretically. Yeah. Which, you know, it's that's weird. an entirely different discussion. Time travel is weird. Mm. Um, so, we then find out we are on floor 139 mm. of Satellite 5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all the workers have to be versed in company promotion. Yes. We find out all the workers are journalists. Yes. It's essentially one great big uh, news corporation. Yeah. And harking back to previous episodes, we find out the face of Bo is pregnant. Ah, yes. Yeah, lovely the face of back Bo. there. And we find that through the Bad Wolf News Channel. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, that's not important. No, it's it's just, it's it's kind of weird how it keeps cropping up. It's just yeah, like... it's just poor writing. Yeah. Don't they have any original they ideas? Not, apparently they just they couldn't afford a script editor, so no one was like, you know, you need yeah. to take that out. We've already mentioned Bad Wolf in the yeah. last episode. <sighs> you know... <laughs> how will you feel, I wonder, when we get to the payoff of Bad Wolf? I, I mean... At Can this, anything at, live up to... At this point, the... The nods to yeah. Bad Wolf have all been so unlinked. Yeah. You know, we've had the graffiti, it's we've had random. the brain yeah. reading, yeah. and, you know, a helicopter, this is a news channel. Yeah. I, I honestly, I have no clue where they're going with this. Yeah. Unless it's a big Bad Wolf. Does it intrigue you? Do you want to know? Yeah, but in the sense that. I'm the sort of person, I don't like secrets, I don't like surprises. (laughs) So, you know, this could be totally stupid. I'm not... Yeah. I would say, rather than intrigued, I'm more annoyed that I don't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's enough. 
and on Satellite 5, yeah. we find out Floor 500, the walls are made of gold. Yeah. I've got thoughts about that. Do you have thoughts about that? Um, go on, I'll let you go first. Okay. This is one of the things that really... This is like probably in my top ten things that annoy me about this entire series. Not just this episode, mm-hmm. this whole series. The walls are made of gold. I'm sorry, how is that remotely appealing? Unless you get to take the walls home with you. Yeah. What? How do I benefit if the walls are made of gold in my like office? like a Persian restaurant. Yeah. You know, it's it'd be gaudy, wouldn't it? It would be. I just like, you know, I mean, I don't... The office where I work at the moment, the decor is a little drab. It's fair mm. to say. I work for the NHS. It's, you know, they've not really splashed out. Um, you know, they've got better things to spend what little money they have. On um, and yeah, I don't know that I'd prefer it if the walls were made of gold. I'll, I'll stick with the magnolia. Mm. Yeah, but high point of the episode. This is where we're introduced to Simon Pegg. Oh yeah, yeah. As the editor, the editor, hamming it up a storm in this episode, Simon Pegg. Yeah, he. He does okay, I think. Yeah, I think he's not given a lot to work in, with. In, when we were discussing Adam and we said he's an irritating character, but he's probably let down by an irritating actor. Yeah. Simon Pegg does this properly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Like he's playing the role to a T. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that might just be us being really defensive because we like Simon Pegg and we don't like sex offenders. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's it's partly that, um, maybe. But uh, like I say, I, I, I don't think the script and the character he's given, there, there isn't a huge amount to work with. Mm-hmm. But what he does get, I feel like he really makes the most of. I think yes. he's just enjoying the fact that he yeah, gets he, to be he's a He's along Who. for the ride here, isn't yes, he? This yeah. is, you know, a day at, a day at play. It's not work. Absolutely, yeah. And he runs security checks. Yes. On the level. Yeah. Okay. And at this point, Rose lets Adam call home. He's freaking out a little yeah. bit about the scenario in exactly the same way she, way she did. Yeah, a conscious it, echo of episode two. Absolutely. Now, possibly the big difference here is when he calls home, nobody answers. Yeah. Would you, if, if it came up, call her ID? Fuckhead. <laughs> <laughs> if I knew Adam personally, no, I would. I would be screening all my calls. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then we find out that the journalists aren't traditional journalists in the no. sense that jo- we know them. Journalism as a profession. I mean, it's to be to be fair, it's already changed a lot over the last yes. few decades. Yeah. The rise of the internet and and the stuff has made it harder for for journalists to make a living. There's a lot less out-on-the-beat investigative journalism. Um, if anyone's really interested in reading about the uh, potential death of journalism, there's a fantastic uh, book from a few years ago, Flat Earth News. Thoroughly recommend it. Um, but, yeah, I don't think even the writer of Flat Earth News could have predicted where journalism ends up at this stage in human history. Yeah. So, should we just take a second to discuss how it works? I, I mean... When you say discuss, I, I've watched this episode many times. I don't really know how it works. So it seems <laughs> the news is compressed into the mind of one of the journalists we meet yes. here called Kathika. Yes. And she has a sort of thing installed in her brain um, with a little window in her forehead. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it takes a circle of other journalists yeah. to sort of help her. Yeah, they sort of sit around like it's like they're meditating or it's a seance or something. Yeah. And place their hands on these weird molded devices. Um and yeah, and I think just everything they have experienced is then broadcast or uploaded into the mind of yeah. um, of this one receptacle. See, how, how I read it was obviously the human brain, pretty powerful. Yes, I, my understanding was they were using the processing. Yeah, the they're essentially brain. yeah they're just hijacking the 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 um, the hardware, if you like, yeah. of the human brain. Um, because I think we've maybe seen it at this point upstairs, floor five hundred, yeah. with the editor. There's a similar circle to this one where yes. the people are not in a good way. No, all sort of decayed and yeah, um, zombified. Now, one of the things I quite, well, I say quite liked with this episode, I thought was pretty good, Yeah, was the editor realises there is a security breach in this room. We're led to believe it's obviously the Doctor and Rose and Adam because... Yeah. They're out of time. They shouldn't be here. Yeah. But it's actually a girl called Suki. Yes. Who is feeding false news. Or we believe yeah. it to be false news yeah. at this point. Certainly she seems to be p- passing herself off as potentially as somebody she's not. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I do. Th- I think you're right. That's a good little bit of writing, a good sort of twist. You know, you're led to believe yeah. that, oh, it's there are obvious intruders in this situation. Yeah. And then it's actually this other character that we've met. Okay, yeah. now, at this point, something shouts at Simon Pegg. Yeah. Or the editor. Yeah. And we're, we're not shown what it is at this point. Yeah, sort of just weird bestial grunts. Yeah. We'll, we'll get there. We will. At this point, Adam is clearly evil. This, yeah. This is where he, I believe, tries to hack into the internet, learn everything about computer processing. Yeah. And realises he hasn't the ability to phone home and to the past. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, just basically steal knowledge from the future. Yeah. Take he, it back to... to yeah, his, to reverse engineer yeah. what has happened in the future. Yeah. In the past. Presumably to his own material game. Yes. Yeah. There doesn't seem to be any... No altruistic reason yes. behind it. That's so the word I was see. looking for. Yeah. And we learn, once you go to floor 500, you never come back. Nope. And Why would you want to? The, flo- the, the walls are made of gold. Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds great, doesn't it? Oh, imagine. Gold walls. Gold can, walls. You, can you imagine it? What the, what's the floor made of? Okay, now... More gold? Just like I know? We, we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you spunk your budget on gold walls... Yeah, you might not have much What are you going to sit on? You're just going to nip to Top's tiles, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, whatever's on. It, it cuts back to Suki, and we yeah. find out that she's lied about her identity. Yeah. She is actually Eva St. Julien, the last surviving member of the Freedom 15. They sound pretty cool, don't they? Yeah, it's a shame that plot thread goes absolutely nowhere. <laughs> yeah, imagine if we had a whole episode around yeah, the. You see the, this footage of her, you know, yeah, in some sort of guerrilla warfare. Yeah, yeah. That's as far as it goes. Just Che Guevaring it up a storm. Yep. But well, no, we don't get to see that. No. That's it. You're just farting around Doesn't the space even, station. Other than the fact they're called the Freedom 15, we have no clue as to what they actually got up to. Nope. 
None whatsoever. Some kind of anarchist agenda. They want to bring down whatever. The, no indication of how much they know about what, what's actually going on behind yeah, they're, the scenes. They're just they're trouble just, causers. Yeah. Yeah. But it is at this point that. What if there's they, any fan fiction out there of the Freedom 15? I'll tell you what, there will be soon. <laughs> okay. Me and you. Let's get yeah. on it. Okay. But we find out at this point that the editor answers to what's called the editor in chief. Yes. Okay. And we it's made pretty evident that's the thing that was shouting. Yeah. Earlier on. I think we established that it's a thing on the ceiling, but we still don't get to see what the thing yes. is. Yeah. Yeah. And Suki or Eva Sanjuia. Yeah. Tries shooting at it to no avail. Yeah. And then sort of cuts to black. Yeah. Okay. We can only assume the worst. Yeah. So the doctor at this point is following a bit of a thread that there are no aliens present. We know that mankind is this central hub, but we only see humans. He's starting to think that it's a bit rum, maybe. It's not quite adding up. The picture he's painted of this empire is not quite what we're experiencing. There there were fewer Kronkbergers in his... I, I, I just thought it would be budgetary restraints. Let's just get actors. No suits. No suits today. <laughs> they, they spunked all of that budget on episode two. Yeah. There's no... The mocks of Malhoon. Yeah. And we sort of find out that mankind has not progressed since Satellite, Satellite 5 was introduced. Yeah, about 90 years. Yeah, yeah, 90 years. And the Doctor, obviously, begins to think something's not quite right. Yes. Yeah. Meanwhile, our good friend Adam is just being a massive bell end. Yeah. So he's I think this is where I've written in my notes Fuck you, Adam. <laughs> so, and I'll, I'll even put you can see there. One, two, three, four, five, use. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that summarizes my feelings. See quite my, my mind went straight to the Michael Bay Transformers films. Yeah. Okay, which I don't know if you've seen the first one. I've seen the first one. The I fir- remember basically nothing of it other than the sense of ennui it yes. <laughs> brought about in me. Yeah. So the, the first one is okay. I would massively dispute that. Okay. Everyone knows uh, I have this conversation with you frequently. Mm-hmm. Transformers 5 is a great film. Yeah. It's so silly yeah. and stupid. But this reminded me of the first one in which Transformers tech basically lands on Earth yeah. and the American government reverse engineer it yeah. for their own gains. That yeah. seems to be Adam's plan here. So he tries he, to... He's Essentially, he's trying to steal fire from the gods, isn't he? Yes. This, yeah. is, this is the Promethean... Yeah. Uh, story. And he's told to go to floor 16. Mm-hmm. Okay. He needs a chip to access the computers. Yeah. And he's given two options. A head chip, which mm-hmm. is cheap but inefficient. Yeah. Or a full info spike, which is the more expensive option. As we saw uh, modelled by Kathika. Yes. The little door on the front of your head opens yeah. and you can just pour info in. Yeah. So, the doctor had used the sonic screwdriver previously, to give Adam unlimited credit. Yeah. So he could have a bit of fun on the station. A bit of spending money. Okay, and he uses this when he goes to floor 16 to 
pay for his surgery. Yes, uh, delivered to him by Tamsin Gregg, which yes. I think we need to point out. Yeah, uh, I've made a note of yeah, that because yeah. obviously one of her most famous roles is from Black Books. Yes, which also starred Simon Pegg in an episode. Yes, I mean, but, but they are basically um, they came up into the British comedy world at the same sort of time. Mm. Both highly respected uh, comic actors. Absolutely, I'm a huge fan of her work. Um, See, I, I didn't realise my partner's a big fan of Friday Night Dinner. Oh yeah, and obviously I I'd never really seen anything Tamsin Gregg was in since Black Books, uh-huh. and I just hadn't made. That you hadn't made the connection because yeah. she plays such a youthful character in Black Books, yeah, and plays a mothering character in Friday Night, yeah, Dinner. yeah. And I hadn't made that link at yeah, all until it's, it's crazy, isn't it? Until obviously I recognized her in this episode, I thought I'll just quickly give her a quick Google, yeah, and mind blown, yeah. And, and if we thought Simon Pegg was maybe underserved by this script, my god, what a waste of a brilliant yes. actor, yeah, no. I'm with you entirely on that. And it's it's uh, galling to me that they've never got a back for anything else no. um, because she deserves like a starring villain role and, or something like that. You know her her comedy chops are unquestionable. Absolutely. And there's a little. It might even be this episode's bin burp where mm. I just think the joke just dies dead. Which uh, is that coming up a bit later on. Well, when I, we I have a feeling. I have a feeling. I know. Is this the uh, the vomit ice cube? Yeah, the sick freezer. Yeah. Okay, so they also fit something that whenever Adam feels unwell, and yeah. he's got the vomit. Yeah. It just pops out in a little ice cube. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not relevant. It's no. not funny. It's, it's just, just there. It's just. Yeah, it just it's sort just of one lingers. Of those... Yeah, just, I think it misses the beat entirely. I don't. I don't know because the thing is. Often, moments like that, I'll blame the director more than I'll blame the writer. Yeah. But I'm sorry, I think Russell T. Davis takes the, the, the blame for this one. I think it just... I don't think there is any way to direct that moment in a way where it lands. Yeah. It's just it's a, a little bit too weird and out of yeah. nowhere and goes nowhere. It's almost unpleasant. Oh, it's definitely unpleasant. And I, I just, I think, I don't know what the purpose of that moment is. Is it meant to be funny? Is it meant to just be gross? Is it meant to just be like, oh, isn't the future weird and crazy? Like, and also, in similar to the whole Walls are made of gold thing, would anybody even want that? Is that better? Yeah. You'd still taste it. Yeah. Ah, oh, I don't. I mean, Adam's reaction certainly doesn't suggest that he found it to be any more pleasurable an experience than just vomiting like normal. No, no, I totally agree with that. So, uh, yeah, strange choice. Should we move on? Yeah, why not? <laughs> so whilst that's going on, the the Doctor faces a security scan. Yeah. And it comes back that he is no one. Yes. Okay. But he's doing... Doctor bit... Who, you could say. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> now, he's doing a little bit of investigation of his own because... Wherever he is on this satellite, it, yeah. it seems to be quite hot. Mm-hmm. And he realises there's cooling ducts channelling heat from floor 500. Yeah. It would melt the gold walls. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, from there, he tells Rose she's not to join him yeah. as he ventures to floor 500. Yeah. And she says no. Okay. So, that shows a little bit of development. On Rose's part, she's gaining in how brave she is. Yeah, 
Yeah, definitely. She's you can tell she's learning from the doctor and yeah. becoming a bit more That's it. And in certain ways. The difference between how she is now behaving and how she would behave and how Adam is currently behaving, you know, we can see how far she's come. Absolutely, yeah. That's what it, again it's Adam is serving a purpose in this story and that's to contrast with Rose. He is just say you know in earlier episodes I absolutely slated Rose as a character and yeah. Billy Piper as an actress yeah and here we are you don't certainly know, you didn't le- know how good you had it yeah certainly the lesser of two evils mm. when she reaches floor five hundred yeah she tries to save the character of Suki but she's already already dead dead yeah she seems to be in the same sense that we saw the other circle on floor 500 where mm. they were dead, petted yeah. corpses. Yeah. She seems to be going that way. Yes. Okay. That is her fate. Now, at this point, my notes, I've written, this is easily the best monster we have seen so far. Really? Yeah. I think it looks the part. I mean, it's certainly the monsteriest monster. Yeah, it's, you know, we've been scathing of the inconsistent CGI. I think it's good here. Mm-hmm. It's decent, yeah. I think it might be in that, obviously, the monster comes from the ceiling. Yeah. So we don't actually see it interact with much, so maybe no. it's less noticeable. Yeah, it's in this it can dark just kind room. of sit there and writhe about, but basically. It, it's certainly, for my money, the best yeah. we've seen. And for those who haven't seen it, it, it is essentially a big, angry blob. With a with big, a, nasty mouth. Yeah. Many, many teeth. Not just that, it's in charge of the entire human race. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, I I suppose this is essentially the, the, the uh, Rupert Murdoch of this organisation. Yes. Yeah. Um, do, you want, do you want to it, take a stab at pronouncing its name? I can get the easy bit. Go on. It's the, um, the mighty Jagrafess of the holy... So I, I've got it as <laughs> the mighty Jagrafess yeah. of the Holy Hadrodrassic Maxarodempho. Yeah, sounds about right. Max for short. RTD apparently wrote that line just to wind up Simon Pegg. Because he knew it would be bloody difficult to say. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I really don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was a wrong end. And, and essentially, anyone who questions... The mighty Jagrafess is killed. Yeah, and it's a, it's a just a straightforward, uh, brutal dictatorship. Yeah, um, all being conducted, you know, from the shadows. So most human beings are completely unaware that it even exists. And the reason it's on satellite five is the satellite is essentially its life support. So yeah, so it lives three thousand years, and its metabolism over the course of those 3,000 years yeah. is what's generating all that heat. Yes, yeah. So they have to kind of... Constantly cool. Pump, pump it out and cool, yeah, cool down that room. Okay. So whilst we're learning that, Kathika is heading up to floor 500 yes. from the lower floors. And your friend of mine, Adam, is attempting to send information back in time yeah. to parents. Yeah. To an old answer phone. Yeah. You know, it if... Ricky and Mickey's computers in earlier episodes <laughs> and the Nokia phone that's yeah. used in every episode yeah. didn't date these episodes. The giant answer oh. phone. You, you think 
There are there's stuff still to come in this series that will date it even more. Really? Just you wait. And they all Just go on MySpace. Wait. I don't want to say okay. anything, okay. but you we'll get there. You we we will we will get there. Okay, so the editor reveals that he knows Doctor Who is a Time Lord. Yes. Basically, thanks to Adam being a complete fuckhead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Adam is passing this yeah. information back in time, and but his is, information is also being uploaded to the common yeah. knowledge it's database. It's, it's, it's as though he's just posting everything he's ever known or experienced on Facebook with all of the privacy, privacy settings off. Could you imagine anything worse? No. As, so, as someone who basically doesn't use Facebook at this point. I mean, I, I do, but a lot of the time it's just, this is what I've had for tea. Yeah, and last night there was a toad in my garden. I yeah. put a picture of that up. I should maybe I should pop on and see that. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds interesting. I, I couldn't think of anything worse. No. Okay. So Kathika essentially stops the cooling. Yes. To try and kill the Jagrafess. Yeah. Would that kill everybody? I don't know. Would. It, would the it heat was, radiate enough that it would be frying people on the top know. levels? It certainly, the, the cu- couple of levels down, you'd think it would have some kind of impact. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. And plus, the purpose of the space station seems to be this cooling. Yes. So, would that mess with technology? Would it overheat computers that were responsible for other amenities? Yeah. Maybe they would have their own Millennium Bug scenario. So, so short-sighted. Yeah. And... The editor at this point realises everything's going wrong, mm-hmm. submits his notice to the Jagrafess, yeah. tries to leave. Which I like, that, that's, that is a lovely classic bit of weaselly sub-villain yeah. Uh, yeah. move. It's very, it? you know, henchman yeah. rather than the big bad. Well, I mean, which is essentially what he is. He is he is a sort of a middleman, yeah. if you like. He's the Grand Moff Tarkin yeah. of this scenario. <laughs> he tries to leave. And yeah. the presumed dead Suki yes. grabs his leg. Yeah. So, so maybe he, not as dead as we first thought? Yeah. Or maybe this is just a little... It, I don't know. It's don't hard know. to square that circle, isn't it? Yeah, because everyone else that... Is meets, properly dead. Everyone else that yeah. meets the same fate yeah. is dead. Yeah, like skeleton level dead. 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 Super okay. dead. But she's just like, yeah, I guess I'm dead, but also I'm still just going to grab this guy's leg because he's not getting away. And a bit weird. Maybe it's just the fight in her, just the sheer spunk. Yeah. It could yeah. just be like nervous reaction. Could just be. What, like pure, pure coincidence? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Oh, how unlucky for the editor. Yeah. yeah. What a poor fella. Yeah. Okay. Well, please. And at this point, there's a bit of a confrontation between the Doctor and Adam. Yes. And the Doctor openly says to him, I am not your friend. Yeah. Which. In the last episode, we see the Doctor completely lose his rag and go berserk. I think this had a bit more poignancy. Yeah. He just looks him dead in the eye and says, you're not my friend. Absolutely. I think up until this point, I get, I, I think this is one of Eccleston's weaker episodes. I mean, the previous one, Dalek, one of his strongest performances <laughs> to date. I think even you, as though you weren't a fan of the episode, I think you wouldn't argue with that would no, you no no he, no he brings his a game to that episode because he's got a lot to get his teeth into this episode i feel like he's maybe not i don't know whether it's he's not maybe just bringing it in the same way but this scene at the end mm. i absolutely believe him 
Um, and I think this is the thing. Eccleston's strength as a performer is in these kinds of moments. Yes. Where he's yeah. bringing the anger, o- almost the frustration. The, the non-verbal yeah. moments. You know, he, uh, he does ex- a hard stare better yeah. than any other His doctor. expression, facially, is yeah. Yeah. one of the strengths of the series. So yeah. So the Doctor then wipes the old answer phone, blows it up. Yeah. Bit the old sonic screwdriver. Yeah. Oof. Not very safe, though. We see there's a little dog in the house. Yeah. Around. That, that could have caused a... an electrical fire. And they that, said... ho- that whole sort of... Is it like a... It's not a chest of drawers, is it? What is it? Like a it's sort just of like a side table. table. Yeah. Yeah, that, that could all have gone up in flames. Yeah. Burned Adam's house. What's Adam's mum done to deserve <laughs> that? Uh, we'll get to Adam's mum. We'll we get to Adam's mum. So, as a result of that, they go back in the TARDIS to Adam's house. Yes. And... Ultimately, the decision seems to fall to Rose whether she's going to leave him yeah. or take him back. Nice little bit where the Doctor says he's already got the best companion in Rose. Yeah, so, he only takes the best. Yes. I believe yes. is how he phrases it. So that was quite nice. Yeah. And Rose makes the correct decision, yeah. let's not lie, to yeah. leave him behind. Yeah. In, in my notes, I've just put, Rose was right to leave him, full stop. <laughs> yep, I don't think anyone in the entire uh, Doctor Who fandom would disagree with that. Good, uh, I'm sort of glad that I wasn't the only one that thought, oh, oh my man. god. Yeah. This then leads to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about this final scene. Bit of fun, isn't it? <sighs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, the chip... That Adam has in his head. Yeah. You can choose a cube to access, to essentially open the little portal on the front of your head for information to come in or out. Yes, and the default setting is a click of the fingers. Is a nice click of the fingers. Yeah. So, Adam's left behind. At exactly that moment, his mum comes home from the shops. Yes. Realises Adam's home. Yeah. And she says, oh my God, you know, it's nice to see you. Yeah. Not seen you in six months. Yeah. Like that. yeah. And uh, I think the phrase is that she says, oh, the time goes by just like that. Yeah. Clicks, Clicks the, the fingers, fingers and the little pot. We don't actually see it. We, we just, hear the noise. We see the reaction to yeah. it. And, yeah. yeah. And it might have as well have ended on like a sort of sousaphone comedy. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it should have ended with happy days. It's filmed in front of the studio <laughs> audience. Yeah. It's... Um, Again, it's one of the broader moments in the yeah, series. I, I, I appreciate <laughs> Doctor Who is not a traditional comedy. No. But as we discussed earlier, it it, aimed, it, it, it can be a li- funny it sometimes. can li- be a little bit of everything. Yes. And yeah. comedy is certainly one of those features. Yes. We are what are we seven episodes in. Yeah. What do you think's been the standout joke so far? I mean, I can remember when he pulled something, pulled one of the Auton's arms off and said he's armless. Yeah. Is that it? I think it's fair to say there has not yet been an episode that's really nailed the comedic aspects. Um, I struggled. I do think there are a couple of episodes in particular coming up. But certainly, I can tell you what my favourite joke in the series is. We, we have not got there but yet. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there, there is. There is. Um, there's an a, episode written by a writer who actually 
got their start in comedy, and we'll maybe discuss that mm-hmm. a little bit uh, later on. They are the only writer I think who nails comedy in this first series. Right. Um, so, yeah, we will get there fairly yeah, soon. Because, I mean, we've had Matt Gattis. Yeah, who is known as a as a, a comedian and a comic yeah. actor and writer. And that was, I, me, I the weakest say, episode. But I will say, I think, yeah, thinking about it, if I were to pinpoint so, out of the episodes we've seen so far, which has had the best comedy that's worked for me, I would say it is The Unquiet Dead. Particularly, I like that scene um, with the Doctor in Dickens' carriage. Yes. I like the back and forth banter there. There's some fun stuff. It's not it's not like, you know, belly laughs um, mm. level you know, stuff, but we, We've coined the term fun. bin burp yeah. for comedy that misses just, a mark. Yeah. And it just seems to be... Every episode. There is a bin burp. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's the farting slithing. Yeah. You know, there's the mocks of Balhoun spitting on yeah. people. Yeah. And in this episode, we have the finger click, and, and it ends the whole episode. It ends what has already been an underwhelming and frustrating episode that maybe doesn't yeah. quite live up to potential. It ends it on this damp squib. I mean, I, I think at the end of the episode... I think I've tricked myself into thinking I enjoyed it more than I did. <laughs> simply because I know Adam isn't going to be back. Yeah. And that's the saving grace. Yeah. I mean, and this is the thing, as we've discussed, like, do they, is it that they absolutely nail the execution of the concept of, like, here is, here is why the Doctor doesn't just take anybody along. Yeah. Here's what a, 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 a crap human... Um, brings to could, the table, could we have but... reached the same end by not having Adam and just having Rose display those virtues? Potentially, but then you did say in this very episode that, that contrasting her with Adam yeah. did actually kind of make you realise how good how you far had she's come. And, yeah, exactly. So I don't know, it's tricky. I do, I do just think it's hard for me to get over. Like this is long before the alleg- well, not even allegations. The mm-hmm. the proven um, yeah. actions of, of that actor um, were out in the open. I never liked him. I just yeah. there is just something about that actor and that character. Yeah, that- he he plays a similar smarmy, dislikable character from what I've seen him in Coronation Street. Right. Yeah. Um, obviously, he's no longer on the show. Yeah. But. So apparently that's that is his range. That yeah. is what he can do. Um, which, yeah, I don't know. In a different pair of hands, could Adam have worked better as a character? It's hard to say. The but... thing is, if it looks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. Yeah. If he looks like an arsehole and acts like an arsehole, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There we go. But anyway, yeah, so that's um, that's episode seven, The Long Game. Okay. And then... I've got one more question for you. Oh, sorry. No, go on. We, yeah. As always, we have the preview of next episode. Before we get to that, okay. question for you. Why do you think it's called The Long Game? Oh, I've never really thought about that. Because up until this point, every episode has been pretty clear to understand why they called it yeah. what they did. I don't really know. It's a weird one, isn't it? Why is it called does, The Long Game? Does it tie into anything, or does it tie into literally nothing? Or are you looking at me in that way where you're not going to tell me? <laughs> so next time on Doctor Who, yeah, is it the ninety years it's been leading mankind? It could be. It's a decent theory. We'll see. We'll see. We'll get that. So next time on Doctor Who, 
yeah. Father's Day. Quite good. We've alluded to it in The Unquiet Dead that Rose's father isn't on the scene. Yeah. Because he's dead. And here we see her attempt to stop that. Yeah. I, I hate this trailer because I, I feel like it gives away far too much of the episode. I see. I, it gives away a lot, but yeah. I have no idea what the plot's going to be. No. We see her try and stop her father's death. Yeah. Jump cut. Dragons. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess if you haven't seen the episode before, you're just like, how would... What, what yeah. is this? So yeah. she, she stops her dad mm. getting run over. Yeah. I'm assuming that'll be in the mid-90s based on... Could even be slightly later. And that leads to dragons. Yeah. So, um, are you intrigued by it then? Intrigued to see how we get from saving Rose's dad to dragons? Yeah, just to see what yeah. is going on. Yeah. Also worth noting, um, you you might be pleased to know, not an RTD episode. Oh, yes. We get another break from RTD. Good. In fact, we'll get, a, I think, at least a three episode break. Do you know what, though? I think, on reflection, for as much as... I've slated him. I think, in the balance of things, it's maybe the episodes he's written I've enjoyed. Yeah, more. it seems to be so far. I don't, you see, things I don't dislike him as a writer. I think on a good day, he does some fantastic work. Um, and I do think he was the right the right pair of hands for relaunching the show. I don't think it would still be on the air now if um, if it had gone to, say, Stephen Moffat or one of the other writers yeah. who worked on under the RTD's era. Um... But yeah, having said that, it is nice to have a break every now and then. You yeah. Get, you get very used to his his way of doing things. And the joy of Doctor Who is the variety. So it's nice when someone yeah. else comes along and yeah. has a play with those toys. So yeah. Uh, so tune in next time when we'll be discussing Father's Day. Until then, thank you very much for listening. And as, as ever, cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. Feel free to get in contact with us. Our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com. Alternatively, over Twitter, we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who.